0: episode we're on to Deuteronomy and Joshua. We've picked up some little things along the way, definitely been stumped about some of the things that God is doing, but always love to make the Old Testament applicable to our lives. Join us for the next two books in our journey through the Bible in a year.
1: back to another episode. Today we are going to be um, diving back into our Bible study time and um, talking about Deuteronomy and Joshua. Before we get like into it, I just want to be straightforward. I'm done with Deuteronomy and Joshua, but I have been struggling lately. And I guess that's the point of this podcast is we're authentic, we are true to ourselves, and I don't think I've been in my devotion for probably a week. And it's just...
0: A couple days behind, I was like, because you were ahead of me, and I was like, oh my gosh, i got to get caught up with her. And now I'm like, ooh, I might be ahead
1: of her. <laughs> and I know, I know. David's been out of town, and it, it's not excuses. It's just life, I find- and I feel terrible and guilty. But there's times, too, I just feel like I'm enjoying reading the Bible and seeing it all together, but also yeah. it really, especially we're both. Are you in Judges now?
0: Yeah, I'm in Judges. It's... It's hard. I I get overwhelmed by all the names of the Old Testament. There are so many names. And I'm supposed to remember that so-and-so is related to so-and-so. And, like, I'm always like, wait, are these good people? Do we like them or do we not like them? I feel like I need to, like, color code them in my yeah. Bible app or something.
1: Make a timeline or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all fascinating, but it's all, like, sometimes I just feel like it's all repetitive. We'll get there when we talk about Deuteronomy. But Deuteronomy is a summary partly of what just happened. Yeah. And then the judges are, I mean, we'll get there, but it's just like they sinned. They need a leader. Here's a new leader. They sinned. They need a leader. Here's a new leader. And so it's just like time after time. And who knows? It could be my guilty conscience of being like, come on, Israelites, get it together. But then it's like, come on, Lord, get it together. Like <laughs> it probably we could be is. so judgmental of the Israelites. But like we are literally the same as them. Yeah. Just living at I- a different time.
0: I don't like seeing that, how I'm the same or similar to them. Like, that's a struggle for sure. But I, I do like normalizing, like, my devotional walk struggle. If I have a week where my schedule has changed, man, I can't. Like, that is the hardest thing for me to get back into. So I, I try I'm yeah. like, oh, I can be really creative and, like, I can sleep in a little bit. I'll do it later in the day. I find if I don't do it the first thing in the morning, I hardly ever get back to doing my devotion.
1: Yeah. No. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I've gone on, like, runs. I'm like, oh, I'll just listen to it while I run. I'm like, I don't even know what chapter I'm on. (laughs) So, and I was supposed to look at it before I left. But anyway, that is so off topic. I just wanted to put that out there because we are two honest people. But I am able to talk about Deuteronomy and Joshua because we have completed those chapters or those books. So.
0: So one of my first notes in Deuteronomy, which I think I didn't. Like, you and I have read these stories. We know the Israelites wandered in the desert, and then, like, they got him to the promised land. But what kind of struck me is how short 40 years is. Like, in 40 years of the Israelites wandering in the desert before they make it to the promised land, like, in Deuteronomy, they're landing in the promised land. He had to kill off, basically, a whole generation. Like, God had to let a whole generation die in order to get them into the promised land. If And, like, for 40 years, for a whole generation to die, like, one as a therapist, that is a whole lot of grief and loss, right? And that is a lot of people dying. Like, so that was one of my first kind of, like, uh, moments in Deuteronomy was, like, 40 years is really not that long to kill off a generation.
1: But it's like, what generation was it? Like, if we're talking about us, is it our parents? Is it our grandparents? Because people were also living to be over 100 years old. Right. So that also, like, 40 dozen years doesn't seem that long, but also when you're living to 100-plus years old, that is a long time.
0: But if you think about it, he sent the spies in, right? Caleb and Joshua were part of that. They were the only spies allowed to go live in the Promised Land. Everybody younger than Caleb and Joshua should have died.
1: No, but how old were Caleb and Joshua? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they were only 12. If they were
0: only 12, that would have been fine. No, no, no. Yeah, No, if they
1: were, like, in their 60s, then everybody would have easily died out. So it'd be, like, almost maybe our parents. We would have made it in the promised land, but our parents probably wouldn't have. Yeah. For sure not our grandparents.
0: But then, like, you would have been the first generation walking into the promised land. Like, it's not like you could be like, oh, my dad did it this way, you know? Oh, I learned this from my parents of, like, how to till the land or how to... Like, you didn't have that as much, so... I just thought it was interesting and I thought you really came to see in Deuteronomy and they reflected back on stories and stuff too but like God used that 40 years to like make a name for himself not just among his people but around the people like Mm -hmm. around the other tribes that were around them the countries that were like they knew who the Israelites were I mean they were these crazy people wandering in the desert but they also knew like some of the
1: things that God was doing yeah, their reputation was being established for sure. Yeah. Well, and that just goes to show too that like, and I uh, there's a couple notes in here because the beginning of Deuteronomy was also Moses just re- recapping everything and it was almost like mm-hmm. giving instructions to this younger generation that may not understand, but like God took what was happening, like what well, the bad and making them wander, but was also using it for good because had he they just walked into the promised land, people would not have known who they were. But now all of a sudden you have this group of people that's been wandering, and he used what was kind of a negative situation then worked it out for his good. And I I noted that a few times that, like, seeing this recap in the bigger picture really sees God's hand at work. Like, while you're Mm -hmm. reading it at first, you're kind of like, man, we both had conversations about how harsh it is, and you're like, come in, God, ease up a little bit. But really seeing the bigger picture in the summary of Moses, you're like, oh, yeah, you were there.
0: <laughs> and I I do think, too, like, they kind of go back in like, being that whole thing of, like, we want you to fear God. Like, I know that gets talked about a lot in the Bible, but there are a lot of things that God was doing that I would be freaking scared of him. But it's, like, that fear and respect, you know, that, like, go hand in hand. Because when – um and the beginning of Deuteronomy, like, four to six, he, they talk about, like, we don't want you just to be afraid of him, but we want you to, like, be in awe for all the things that he did for you. So it's, like, that that healthy fear, right? Of, like, because mm-hmm. God did some crazy things that, I mean, opened up the earth and three people in it. Like, come on now. I yeah. mean, when you get to Judges, some crazier things happen, but. <laughs> we'll
1: get there in a few weeks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. In Deuteronomy 7 through 10, I made this note, um, like, don't get, it was, it was Moses giving, right, the the rules to the generation, but also God again tells the people not to forget what God has done, and don't get it confused, you are not Mm -hmm. getting this land because of your righteousness, you're getting this land because God Mm -hmm. dearly and preciously loves you, um. So, and God requires you just to follow and obey him, which there's that verse in Micah that I love because my son's named Micah, Micah, but like, what does God require of you to trust and obey? Like, that is what he requires of you. And Mm -hmm. I think that message gets through a lot in Deuteronomy.
1: Yeah, I have put in there that they did not deserve this per se, but we also didn't deserve Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. So... There's just like these parallels of like the life that Israelites are leaving, le- leading and how we're living our lives just yep. between the promised land and the savior kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Deuteronomy again, and I, I just, is always close to my heart being a pastor's kid. You see it weaved in there, how God takes care of the Levites, like how he reminds them, like you're doing this for the Levites. They're not getting this land, but they're getting this, or you're supposed to worship here. Um, but he just, I just love it. Like, I think it is close to a church worker heart, right? Like, he was taking care of who he called to be working his his temple, you know? And mm-hmm.
1: just,
0: that's just always warming
1: to me. Mm-hmm. I had that somewhere that Megan has me thinking about this, but I think that's in Joshua where I put that. Because he always, yeah. he, there's a lot of in Deuteronomy and Joshua, how this is divided, this is, goes to this land, these people mm-hmm. do this. And then the Levites are kind of just... Not floating, but they're, you can tell they're the caretakers, for sure. Yes.
0: But at time, too, like, remember how, like, earlier on in the Old Testament, they were kind of, like, the doctors, too? And I see them at times being, like, um, the judge, like, making decisions for people, like, when they're arguing, mm-hmm. like, they're the conflict managers. Like, they become, all, like, they wear all these hats in different ways. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think notes t- from 11 oh you go
0: yeah no no no. yeah from 11 through 14 that was my big one and then my one in 15 through 19 was like take care of each other I uh, I liked how you could see God getting his people organized um one of my big notes was like God picked this land for you like he handpicked this land for you um and then you, I feel like you can start to see them get organized in their tribes I mean I forget when, but it is like a freaking massive amount of people. And he starts to kind of appoint leaders in each tribe. And I just saw like an organizational model happening in the Israelites. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which they needed probably instead of just being like, here's the land. Well, and this land, like when you hear the promised land, I just feel like to me it seems small. But after reading this, you just, you're like, how close were they? Because they're mm-hmm. like, you get this city and you get this city. And then they had to conquer all of these people. And I'm like, how much land was this? Like, what are we talking a about lot. here? Like, was it a whole entire country? Like, I guess we, could, we should probably look that up. But Okay, but what do you think about the tribes? I
0: don't think we touched on this last time. So you remember how like, they're approaching the promised land and two of the tribes or whatever were like, no, we want to take this land before you cross in. And they had to make the mm. promise that we'll still cross in with you and conquer the land, but we're going to come back and live out here. What did you think about? It? I was like, that's kind of weird to me. That's not the land God handpicked for you.
1: Yeah, they were trying to control the situation. That's what which I, I like. have this repeated throughout here of just how many times has God followed through for them, and they still question Him all the mm-hmm. time. But how? But we do that too. Yeah. So it's almost like they needed their safety blanket of like. Eh, know if we're really going to get this promised land thing so we'll just go out and take this land that way we have security right but i had put in 11 through 14 too that this really that's when um i think it was still moses was still talking about or they were giving warnings of idolatry and just Mm -hmm. the idols then were very different but that really hit home and Jesus, I put, you know, the perseverance of the devil and how being pulled from the Lord weakens our lives. And I see it now as a mother, too, of like the constant need for something. And I am guilty of being on my phone. And I almost feel like it's it's being noticed because Christian's always like, can I have your phone? Can I just look at pictures? I just want to look at pictures. And it's just like this constant need for like entertainment yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And it totally is an idol. I will like admit that. And there's so many other things, and it just like, it has the pull to not just like weaken our faith life, but just like weaken and distract in our distract our lives as a whole. And that like, I don't know. Whatever day I was reading on that really hit home for me.
0: It, I, I hear like I hear you saying that in the same way where I I, I also see this theme of like God wanting to set you apart from the people around them like right like the land they were like we're not going to be like them we're going to be set apart and you and I have done this kind of like push and pull on that kind of concept of yes we want to be set apart but not so set apart that we're not in the world enough too. so it's like that balancing act of how am I going to be different but still yet engaged. And I think like that's the same thing like the little things like that come up with like being on my phone or being part of culture that pulls me in but also still be different in some way. I don't know. I I yeah. I, I see God even make making these laws so that they will be different. Like God knows how much we get pulled into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've talked about being on social media and getting like wrapped into needing to have this or needing to look like that. I'm not saying that's what you're doing on your phone, but I think it is
1: still that kind of balance piece there. Yeah. No, I'm only playing intellectual games on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so the one note I
0: made in that reflection on week eight, and this is like, I don't know, I love these kind of things. So when I first, when I was working on my master's degree, my internship was at Jewish Family Services and if you've ever walked amongst the jewish culture they literally every time they go under a doorstop they touch this little tiny box that they, put, they they mount on all their door frames and it comes from these verses of where it says bind this around your heart put it on your door frame remember god's word and i just love that connection to see a tradition that I know like a culture does right now connected to God's word and so it like it just took me back to that of like because in the Jewish culture too they they literally wear it around their neck and that's what that verse says like bind it around your neck keep it close to your heart mount it on your door frames and so they just have a tradition of of doing that anytime so anytime at Jewish Family Services when they walk in and out of a door frame everybody touches it. It's the weirdest thing if you're not part of the culture. Yeah. But it's directly from this Old Testament law. I just thought it was so cool.
1: That is cool. That like makes sc- scripture come to life. It doesn't right. make it seem so just like a book that you're reading. I like that. Yeah.
0: But very behavioral, right? Like I think there are a lot of behavioral things God was telling the Israelites to do. So that they wouldn't forget all that God had done. But mm-hmm. like all of their practices of their sacrificing and things they had to do just felt so behavioral in a lot of ways.
1: Mm-hmm. But almost I, God knows we need these reminders. Right. I mean, heck, how many times did he tell them to do certain things and they still did not do it? So, yeah, I mean, he tells me Physical he the same thing every day, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now they're hearing it and now they're seeing it. So mm-hmm. that's two of your uh, feeling it. Your senses. He's appealing to their senses.
0: (laughs) I I think the next couple chapters in Deuteronomy, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, the things that people would have to have been doing for God to make such specific laws that he did around, like, sexual relationships. And I'm just like, they're just making crazy rules about the most outlandish situations. You know? Yeah. I just...
1: But... But you know they were happening or else that wouldn't have been made. Just like laws now. Mm-hmm. We create laws because there's a certain issue, a certain problem. Yeah.
0: And <clears throat> and God is always talking about, in my, um, in my translation, they call it the sojourner. But, like, if you have a visitor in your home or an outside person, like, I just think it's so interesting how he's always lumping them in as part of, like, his laws and his rules. Like, if a sojourner's in your house, they will do this too. Like, it's just always... I don't know. It's like part of his system, Um, which is crazy because my son and I got into this argument the other day around Easter of like, you know, if if I don't want to go to church, I don't have to or something like that. Right. And so I'm like, no one in this house, we go to church, especially on Easter. We go to church. And he's like, well, if I had a friend stay over, yep, they'd go to church. And I was like, when then when I read it in God's law, he's like, yeah, if they're staying at your house, they're doing what you're doing. And I was like, oh, that must be where I get it from.
1: <laughs> See, I told you it's from the, it's from the yeah, Lord. Yeah, it's from the Bible. Shut it, man. <laughs> I uh, In my Bible, there's this note on the side about sexuality. And the question was, why does God have so many laws about sexual behavior? And the answer says, this would be vital for 3 million people on a 40-year camping trip. So, <laughs> without How TVs true. or phones or... <laughs> Like, animal pharma over again. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not going to talk about the difference between how they treat males and females. Oh, my When it gosh. comes to, like, um, suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her, he turns against her. It just, yeah, like... the proof of her virginity and how they treat men who, I mean, the woman, if she was, they would stone her to death for being promiscuous. But a man, <laughs> it's, it's okay. He might not have been, you know...
0: I I, will have times in reading some of this stuff where I can get really angry if I let myself. I do think there was a cultural piece at the time, too. But then, like, then anytime where God super highlights a woman doing, like, amazing things, I mean, I'm all over that. Like, in Judges, mm-hmm. some women really kick butt, right? And then um, when he raises up women, or I think we talked about that last time, like, the women were, like no, we want our inheritance kind of piece, right? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, when he allows that to be, you know, to raise that up in a culture where it wouldn't have, I think that's so important.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: um, Then as we, like, get towards the end of Deuteronomy, and I just, I can so relate to this. You could slowly see how God was, like, raising up Joshua to take over. Um, and Moses, too, was like, giving language and just setting it up so that could be a successful transition reminded me so much of my transition from like my dad being director to me becoming director and how important that is I don't know just how important it is to be aware when transitions like that are happening
1: well and you want smooth transitions if you like think about in our country when Mm -hmm. you have democrat republican if one follows the other it's not necessarily like a smooth transition. right? But in order to have good success, you want to hand off the baton nicely. Well, and
0: I wrote just like, what big shoes for Joshua to fill? The Lord knew Moses face to face. And we know that he was Mm -hmm. like, the relationship's going to be different between me and the people from now on. So it's like, that's a hard act to follow. Very hard. Mm
1: -hmm. You know? I think too that for Moses having his speech problems and such, this man had to talk a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. to all the generations. Like, this whole Deuteronomy is just a lot of repetition and laws and telling them what to do and setting them up for success. And, yeah. How old was he when he died? He really wasn't that old. I thought he was a lot older. I thought he was
0: only, like, in the hundreds. Like, 150 or 170. Yeah, but I mean, compared to some of the other people in the Bible, they lived till they were, like five hundred.
1: True. The death of Moses. How old was he? One hundred and twenty. One hundred and twenty. Yeah. Well, this was—I had highlighted this too. Moses was one hundred and twenty years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was clear, and he was strong as ever. Which told me that God was ready—not to move on, but it was like, okay, it's time. But, but also, it's time to pass up a time. But yeah. I mean, he predicted it, but it's almost like not that he died too soon, but he might have died too soon. Like, he wasn't ready to die. He should not have died according to health standards and such.
0: But how did he die? What did God do? Did he, like, throw him off a cliff? Did he just make his heart, like, was it
1: peaceful? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you wonder, too, if it was just, sometimes we're just ready for new leadership. We're ready for fresh bread. Like, they've been hearing Moses talk and tell them what to do for however long. And sometimes it's good just to have Mm -hmm. a new leader. Fresh blood, fresh ideas, fresh ways of leading.
0: I just go back to, though, like, can you imagine how many people Moses, like, had to lose, like, had to die like you're talking thousands.
1: Like all have of his friends. Bodies. well yes. Yeah, yeah. If they said three million people were in the desert, I mean, that's a good chunk How's of people. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, they probably kept procreating, but.
0: One of the things that I love that um, God did, like in the very beginning of Joshua, I have these notes, like, I wonder if Joshua felt comfortable being compared to Moses. Um, but then there's this Joshua... Um, when they're crossing the Jordan, there's this parting of the water, right? And I felt like in that moment, it was like God saying like, look, I can do great things through him too. Like Mm -hmm. I'm giving my, like comparing it to parting the Red Sea, you know? And so um, I just felt like that was such a comforting thing, probably for Joshua too, to be like, okay, I can do what Moses did, or I can be a leader. And it's that peace, because I feel it all the time too, of like, I'm not going to be a leader like the leader in front of me was. I'll be different. Um, But I could still do great things in my own way. And I think that's, like, a powerful message. One, I get bumped up against
1: a lot. Mm -hmm. So. I love, too, how much they say be strong and courageous. Mm -hmm. Like, something big is about to happen and you need strength. Like, something like these Israelites have never seen before because they're going to start – killing and taking over and battling and be tempted and all sorts of stuff yeah it's just a totally different than the life i think that they've been living especially this generation they did not escape through israel they did not live through slavery that kind of stuff like because i'm assuming they either weren't alive or they were really little based on see that's killing off a generation but
0: right they wouldn't have been alive so that again now you're in a generation that's just hearing stories of what god did in that way
1: yeah, but that reminder's in there so many times, so you could just tell that something big mm-hmm. is going to happen. I'm sure we both had notes on Rahab. Yes, here we go. Mm-hmm. Strong
0: female coming to the rescue. I, w- I kind of w- I paused on that story and was like, what do you think her parents thought? Like, here, come hide in my room, you know. This city's going down, but I met these people that snuck into my room at night and told... Like, it just seems so outlandish. Like, would you believe somebody? I don't know.
1: But at the same time, they, the Israelites had such a reputation. So at that point, you might. Like, mm-hmm. if they did, because I think that's what I found cool. One, he's using, one, a female, and two, a prostitute. Like, someone that you would not, yeah. quote-unquote, use to save the people... Um, but also she was an outsider and I feel like I noted that she seemed to have a stronger faith than yes. like their own Israelites did. She said that her people were terrified of the Lord's power in a more, more than the Israelites, it seems. So it's like, she's from the outside looking in, like she has not experienced his power firsthand like they have, but she knew. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. Like her faith.
0: Yeah, I I thought it just st- showed the power, one, of, like, God's character, right? He used a woman, a woman that's a mm-hmm. prostitute, to save her whole freaking family. It's not like it just saved her. It saved her whole family. And then, two, just the power of storytelling from generation to generation to generation, right? Like, there's such a, I don't know, there's such a strong pull there, Um that that well, was and then what her sl- faith was based on. Like you said, it wasn't because she witnessed anything.
1: hmm And then you want to, it's like that book that it ends and you're like, it's like a love story where you're like, oh, what do they happen? Yeah. Did they get married Happily and have babies? But it's like, what happened to Rahab? Did she like come to faith and did she do other things for her country? Like, did she change her ways? That kind of, you know, to yeah, totally did God totally change her heart? Back. Like, you kind of want to know, like, what happened with her. I don't know how you cannot change after that, but I also know that sin is strong. I don't know,
0: like loosely tied to the story of Pretty Woman. That's what I feel like <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Without prostitute. Move we'll it in there. <laughs> the prostitute. What's the What's story. the actor's name? The Julia actor's
0: Roberts.
1: Name? No, the actor, the guy.
0: Oh, oh crap! I'm not. Hair, hair Is it um, Harrison? Haroldson.
1: Oh. We're oh, gonna man. Right we're going to
0: judged for this.
1: Oh, he's a good-looking guy, though. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why that's... Uh, the, the next section. So they go on. They start defeating people, obviously. Um have yeah, City button, being the first. names. Mm-hmm. But, like, with each um, city, I feel like they're given specific instructions on, like, this is what you kill. You take things from this city. You don't take things from this city. You yep. burn their idols, blah, 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 blah. But in chapter 7 you have Achan's sin and I think that's where he did some, I think he took something he wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to take and he tried to hide it and I had noted why do we think we can hide from God like how did he think he was going to get away with this like God is literally communicating with his leaders and he thinks that he can just get away with it but I mean I think we do the same thing too like mm-hmm. but God literally sees everything that we do it's like Moses or um, Adam and Eve they hid from it. What? You think God would find you? <laughs> You're clearly not
0: using all of the brain God gave to you. Jeez. No, I hear you. I also, it was also in this time, like, because then they just start kind of, like, kicking ass and taking names, you know? And I'm like, man, God is, like, like, a great warrior. Like, I've never thought about that for him. I remember I did my story one of those days, and I was like, I've never thought of you, God, as somebody who would, like, go to battle or, like, deceive people in this way. And then I came to this realization. Yeah, because I always think I can fight my own battles. And so I'm not coming to you mm. until I'm, like, Ooh. really down in the dumps. But um, I, love I think you see, like, through here how he's, how he's always got a plan. And it's, like, probably some of the greatest, you know, like, armies and generals, like, being really creative about how to take out people. Mm-hmm you know and i just like seeing that
1: it feels a little icky
0: at sometimes like it feels a little like oh i don't know if a god should be like that destructive but he was taking it over for
1: them for sure i like that visual of god fighting our battles i had no and there was one in joshua 18 through 21 i don't remember what was but i wrote down the verse not a single one of the good promises the lord had given to israel was left unfulfilled everything he had spoken came true I love that, and that's I think what you saw throughout mm-hmm. Joshua it wasn't it was kind of, not repetitive because it was just a different kind of battle, but a lot of Joshua' is just them taking over the promised land and yep. how they're supposed to do it. I kind of poised the question though of like so I, they did have a lot of people, but why did they have to kill all those people? instead of like, mm-hmm. I mean, you go to the New Testament and God's like, "Go make disciples of all nations, and in the Old Testament he's like. Kill all these people. Like was it to just start like a new generation and it just his faithful because I don't get why they couldn't go in there and if God can do it all, why couldn't they just be like, Hey, love Jesus? I do
0: I do get like the feeling from God that he is like, I've gotta take out all these people because they're gonna corrupt you if I don't like I know how mm-hmm. much you give into the culture around you. Yeah, I also that's kind think of where I landed too. It's just so crazy how like the end of joshua there's this like whole big miscommunication of like so those those tribes that had said they were going to settle in the land outside of the promised land right they go back and they build an idol that will they build this like tower or whatever and everybody else is like oh they've gone off to worship another god and everything and they're like no, we just want to remember, like, we're just building a memorial to remember this by. And so, like, yeah. how, like, tiny miscommunications can turn into this, like, snowball effect, even amongst people that have faith. And I think I see that, oh, way too much every every day, right? Of, like, how mm-hmm. little miscommunications can cause humongous blowups. Um yeah.
1: And that's probably why in the Bible that we'll get to at some point, God gives the instructions. Confront the person first before going to right. other people.
0: <laughs> yeah, like give people a chance to say what they mean and mean what they say. I think that's important. But also,
1: did any part of you question them? Did you believe them? Because I'm like, ooh, are they telling the truth? Is it a memorial? Or are they just trying to like... I'm telling you, Cover what,
0: anytime up. in the Bible, they melt something and they build something. I'm like, dudes, I don't think you should do any of it. I just think we should stay yeah. way the hell away from any of that kind of behavior.
1: Well, and that's so evident in all of these scriptures, because God's like, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid mm-hmm. of this. And I, I literally think he knew from the second he planted that tree and told Adam and Eve, don't eat from it. He knew how strong temptation was going to be. Yes. He knew that it was going to be a battle. And so I think that's almost probably why he was like, destroy them. Get rid of their mm-hmm. idols. Don't even have them around because. But it, I, it's so, so weird to think about that. Like that's a physical idol that they're worshiping. Our idol seems so different now.
0: Yeah, I mean, in I think way. because of I'm not bowing stories, down to never, anything. Right, I would never make anything to bow down to, but I do that in so many other ways in life yeah. for sure. I know that that takes us to the end of Joshua. So, like, any big wrap up thoughts? <laughs>
1: No, I did like this. These, I did like reading through Joshua. It was a little harsh at times, but I loved all the promises in there and mm-hmm. just the encouragement to find their strength and courage. I feel like that was just a, such a different way of Jesus speaking or God speaking to them, yeah. based on the path, past and just what they needed to hear. Because they, I mean, you knew you they had to have been scared. They had. They joking. were. They. I know that they were strong, and but it's like you're still entering into battle. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I loved all the promises and I loved that it was emphasized that God fulfilled all of his promises.
0: Like clean that up, put that in a nice little box. We're done with that, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. piece I think is important. I think there's a big piece for me just talking it through with you of realizing the people that we're reading about now in Judges and on, they're not, um, they didn't witness all of this stuff from God. They really didn't. Mm -hmm they've just heard it passed down and how much does that make it a little watery Mm. right and so like how important it is to like actually see what God is doing and see what he is up to um, for faith to be I don't know like be tangible and real I, Mm -hmm. I struggle with that a lot and I think we begin to see that in those people
1: yeah, and that trend doesn't end. You think to doubting Thomas and how he right. still needed to see Jesus before he believed that he rose. It's yeah. like you just you need that it goes tangible on evidence and, on and, and on. even yeah, and sometimes even when we have the tangible evidence at one point we're like, "Oh, that's so cool. I see Jesus at work." And then we uh just forget about that instance. Mm-hmm. I agree. All
0: right. Well, that is Deuteronomy, and Joshua. We are continuing working through Judges. I, I'm like, what, what comes after Judges? I should know this, but I don't know why I'm blanking on so it. it. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Oh, Ruth! My middle name is Ruth, and my parents named
1: me after this story, so I love the story of Ruth. That makes me super excited. Yes, so our next one. Well, Ruth is pretty short four chapters, so our mm-hmm. next one will probably be Judges and and Ruth as long as we stay on top of it I'm gonna do my devotions after we're done okay sounds good
0: well (laughs) thanks for hanging in here with us we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks and if you're walking through the bible with us hang in there it's a long journey but we will we will get to the end (laughs) thanks guys